0: hello ladies and gentlemen boys and girls and everything in between and welcome back to the Kevin Clifton show and thank you for thank you for downloading this episode of the Kevin Clifton show um, and thank you for all your support actually everyone that continues to support uh, the podcast and uh, continues to listen and is joining the discussion on social media um, about everything performance performers talking to different people about what makes them successful their opinions on things and their attitudes to their performances their process their creative process um yeah it's been really interesting the episodes that we've had so far and um have an amazing response to all of it um yeah i'm just blown away by by all of you lot getting so involved and asking questions and commenting on their thoughts on the on the the different podcasts i i love hearing uh, all about what you think about you know what i've said my opinions on things or some of the guests that i've been interviewing on their stories their processes uh, it's all so interesting to me and it just feels more thought for me so um the, the more that you can uh, comment and, and and tell me what you're into or what you think about some of these things um the more interested I get and it's sort of fuel for me um, and and there's more things that I want to talk about. Um, So please let me know any more questions or any more people that you want me to interview, anything you'd like me to sort of discuss. Um, I'm more than happy to and it gets me very excited. Um, Before we get going with this particular episode, um, I just wanted to say another thank you actually, a massive, massive thank you. Um, to any of you who voted for me and Annika Rice on, on this weekend Strictly Come Dancing, um, obviously um, Annika comes into Strictly with zero experience of dance. She's never danced. She's told me that when she was about six, she um, went to a ballet class. Um, because she wanted to start it but she got thrown out of the ballet class just because she was completely useless um, and she was told that she was never going to be any good enough she was she was too uh, stiff and and all the rest of it um, so it's always been one of those things for her for her whole life that she sort of like she says that she loves watching dance and she's really into it and she loves painting dancers all that kind of, kind of stuff she's really into dance but she's never felt like she could ever actually do it because of what happened when she was a kid and this is her chance at doing it um she doesn't have a lot of experience so a lot of people um were thinking that maybe you know she maybe she was going to be the first one out or you know maybe she didn't stand much of a chance um and you know like i said we're starting from absolute scratch um but i thought this weekend in particular she did an incredible job i thought the waltz that she did was beautiful and a lot of people saying how um it made them quite emotional and it made them made them want to cry and 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 i think that's an amazing thing for someone who's only been doing it for a couple of weeks and is just learning it um and quite relevant actually as we get more and more into this podcast because that in essence is what I think dancing and all art is all about, is about how we make people feel um, and invoking emotions in people and and what what we can express and not always just merely about sort of a display of technique because in my opinion that that on its own is sort of a bit pointless and a bit boring. Um, You've got to use your technique to inspire emotion in people and to entertain people that to me is what the whole thing is about but more on that as we get into the podcast Um, I also want to just mention um, last week's podcast um, with Lucas Rush who is an an actor friend of mine who I performed with in Rock of Ages and I've had so much um, so many letters, not letters. What am I on about letters? <laughs> um, like social media comments, uh, basically um, people writing to me. Anyway, uh, about Lucas Rush and a lot of what he was saying, because I think a lot of people found it really interesting and inspiring. And I have to say, it was one of the one of the best discussions that I've I think I've ever had about art and the process and and you know being in theatre. Um, a really really interesting guy and such a talented guy and. I think one of, one of my favorite things, actually, that he said was not even necessarily one of the cleverest things or most interesting things that he said. To me, um, there was a bit when I was asking him about when he was a kid, like, what was it that was his goal? What did he want to do? Because a lot of people talk about, oh, I, I, all I was interested in was this, was, you know, was being um, a singer, for example. Um, and I never thought about anything else. And... I'm sure that's true for a lot of people um but also I do think that sometimes what we di- what we tend to do is we we try to give a sort of representation of ourselves which is um something that we think other people want to hear or that might make us look better than we are or sound cooler than we are or more, more interesting than we are we're sort of aware of people listening to what we say. So therefore we answer a question in a certain way or we we talk about things in a certain way because we want people to think of us in a certain way. So a lot of times when I ask people, you know, that sort of question, what did you want to do when you were younger? Did you want to, was it all about the work? Did you want to act or sing or dance? Or, you know, were you aware of ever sort of wanting to be successful at it or famous or you know, whatever. And a lot of people will answer, oh no, I I never even thought ever about being famous. It was never a thing to me. I just never, you know, it never even crossed my mind. I never thought about being a successful singer or a famous singer. I just wanted to sing. That was my passion. And that may be true, but also I think that may be sometimes the answer that that we think people want to hear because it makes us sound sort of, Committed only to the work in, in a sort of romantic way, or you know um uh, or it's a very sort of arty or intelligent way of of saying it because if you if you admit to oh I wanted to be successful, I wanted to be famous or so I wanted to be a a superstar singer you know like a pop star or a rock star or you know to sing on stage that in some way it makes us sound unintelligent or vacuous because it was the fame that we were that we were seeking and and actually. I I, th- I think that's not always true. I I think if people enter into performing arts in any way, I, I I find it difficult to believe that at some point it hasn't crossed their mind that they'd like to do quite well at it. Like they'd like to be a famous actor or singer or dancer, or at least be successful and do big projects. Because otherwise, the ambition would only be to do sort of amateur dramatics or to sing in the bathroom or you know it wouldn't be to sing on stage Um, and when I asked the question to Lucas his answer was I just wanted to be on stage and far from that being a um, sort of unintelligent answer oh no he probably just wanted to be famous then I actually found that to be a really honest answer and showed the uh, the level of sort of Honesty and actually intelligence of the guy, because a lot of people wouldn't have said that. He said, I, you know, it didn't matter to me what I was doing in what capacity. I just wanted to be on stage. I just loved the feeling of being on, being on stage, and and I just loved that. I love that he he said that. I love that he was in touch with himself enough to be able to admit that. Um, and it's exactly the kind of sort of open and honest discussions that that I'm I'm looking to have on this podcast, and I, I really sort of admire him um, for saying that. Um, so, in the interest of honesty and and you know bit, being very open and having these discussions and giving our opinions on things, and not just giving the opinions that we think people want to hear from us or would expect to hear from us or that what makes us sound good. Um, I thought I'd offer my honest opinions on the the basis of this podcast, which is basically the purpose of art technique versus feeling. Um, because this is a subject that, that always gets me riled up. Whenever people are sort of talking about art in any way, any art form, um, and comparing, you know, sort of what they like and what they don't like. Um, and we get into the subject of what makes something good. You know, w- what what is the measuring stick that makes something a good piece of art, like a good dance or a good song or a good film or, or play or painting, whatever the art form is. Um, I always get very passionate about it, um, uh, about the discussion... Between you know whether we're measuring it on the sort of technical quality of something or how it makes you feel, because I, be- I believe that something can be good even if it's not technically perfect or or technically good, and 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 some people believe that there's- some people get very obsessed with the technique behind something. You know the and-, and I hear them say things like I I don't like that singer because they they don't hit their their notes in in the in the right way or something like they always go into this form of singing when they do it and therefore they and it's often people who are very much into the field like in into uh, they they're very much a professional in that field that say well I've I've studied this and and this is the technique that I've learned therefore I don't like that I don't like that singer because that's not the technique that I'm into really um and they could do it better like that. Whereas for me, I'm just—I'm never really into any of that. For me, like I—I I really love learning and understanding different techniques, and and I'm—I'm I'm obsessed with with learning how much I can learn. But when it comes to actually just appreciating something, um, for me, it is all—all all about the feeling. It's all about. How something makes me feel: Am I entertained or not? And the technique behind it, whether they're a beginner or an expert, whether their their technique is good or bad or indifferent, never really bothers me. I don't, I don't really care. Um, so one of my favourite quotes is by Maya Angelou, um, and uh, it's a really famous quote, and she says. I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And I I've I've always loved that quote. Like everything really comes down to how people are made to feel in whatever context in any given moment. It's never about the thing itself, like what you said to them or 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 what what you did. And and to me that's the that's the sort of when it comes to art they'll they will forget that they'll forget the the line that you made when you when you were dancing they will forget the the specific note that you sang w- when you were singing or they'll 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 forget a, a particular mannerism or way that you said something when when you're acting but the the thing that stays is how. You were made to feel when that person was performing like did it make you cry did it make you laugh did it sort of fill your heart with joy and and that's why for me that is what all art comes down to that all art is about feeling and 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 how how it makes you feel it's got to um it's got to inspire some form of emotion if 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 a piece of art inspires some Emotion, then surely then it's done its job, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter with it, it doesn't matter what the technique is behind it, really. And I think sometimes as critics, when when we sort of we have a look at something and, and, and want to make a decision of whether it's good or bad, whether we like it, sometimes we can get a little too obsessed with um, assessing it, assessing the technique behind it. You know I, I I don't like this because and we'll come up with some sort of technical reason for why I don't think they're a good singer because or I don't think they're a good actor because I don't think this dance is good because you know something like the legs weren't straight enough or the lines were weren't and again a lot of that I just say if I really enjoyed it I don't care whether the technique was there or not I just loved it so to start off the sort of the, the, the thought process, I want you to all to think of your favorite song. Like everyone has a favorite song or like a favorite album or, or a favorite um, artist, you know, a favorite singer. And I, and I want you to really, really like, like put, if, even if you put it on like, like right now, what is that th- your go-to song that, that you want to go to um, as your favourite. And I would hazard a guess that the reason that it's your favourite is because of the way it makes you feel in some way. These things n- never come down to, this is my favourite song in the world, my absolute favourite song that I've ever heard, the one I've listened to the most, because of the way this person... Hits that note, or the way the um, the way that the the violins are strung on on that bit. It's it's just it's never down to that that technical stuff. It always comes down to like that song just gives you a particular feeling, or maybe it relates to like a moment in your life that that has meaning for you, and that's that's when that song was out, or that's when that song was played, or the, or the lyrics. In it, speak to a certain moment in your life, and of, often, the the singer is not necessarily um, the best singer in the world technically. Like if 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 they were completely unknown now, and they were to enter into X Factor singing somebody else's songs, they probably wouldn't get through to the final even, because they're not necessarily the best singers um, in, in the world, but. But for you, for some reason, this song just really works and it makes you feel something and you just love it. You don't assess it. You don't sort of take it apart critically and dissect it. You just love it. And different works of art, you know, different songs work for different people because people bring their own life experience to it. People have are brought up in different ways in different cultures and are used to listening to certain sounds that, that mean something to you or you, you'll relate to a singer um, in some way because of your life experience um, of, of your age or your where you were born or you know and so all these things come together to create the context for what your life experience brings to the table, which means that you fall in love. With that song. Now if you've got no idea what I'm talking about, if I'm losing you at this point, I'll give you an example of what I mean um, for myself. So a lot of people know that my favorite singer in the world is Robbie Williams. I have a complete sort of obsession with Robbie Williams. I think he's brilliant. Uh, for me, he, he absolutely is the best in the world. No one can touch him. I listen to his albums more than any other um more than any other artist um I listen to his songs now it's probably genuinely accept generally accepted that Robbie Williams is not necessarily the greatest singer on the planet in terms of technique in t- that there are people that probably have a bigger range than him as a singer there are people that can hit notes cleaner um you know, if, 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 they're all having, if all the singers in the world were having singing lessons and were being assessed by singing teachers, he probably wouldn't get the top grade out of all of them. I don't know, but probably, probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, Robbie Williams is my favourite, even though I know that he's not necessarily the best singer. Now my favourite song in the world is Feel by Robbie Williams quite fitting, I think, (laughs) because of what we're talking about, Um, Feel by Robbie Williams, for me, is the greatest song ever written. And it has been since the day it came out, and it always will be. And most people in the world would argue with me that it's something else is the greatest song ever written. And it's probably generally accepted that Feel is not the greatest song ever written. But for me, Feel... Um, will never be bettered. I I just think it's an incredible song. It gives me goosebumps every time. So we're understanding that all of it is subjective. There's no sort of objective measuring stick for what is good and what is bad. It's just what we like, depending depending on how it makes us feel. Now, for me... With Robbie Williams or with that song in particular, there's so much that goes into making it my favorite um, I'm really into lyrics when I listen to a song like uh, lyrics are really important to me so i I love the lyrics of of that song because of i, I there's a lot that I sort of relate to for my own personal reasons, um, and therefore they they sort of Hit a bit of a nerve with me um, so they can they can make me cry or they can you know they can get me quite emotional when the song comes on so it's very specific moments when i choose to play that song or if if i hear it you know i either really really just sit in it and enjoy it or i leave the room because it makes me too emotional in that moment like but for some reason it, it does that to me the lyrics have a very powerful sort of meaning for me um i also love the way he he in particular performs I think he's an amazing performer because of the way he relates to an audience the way he can sort of excite um, whoever's listening to him or you know if it's especially if it's a live show he has this way of making everyone in an audience feel like he's performing just for them and that they're all sort of in it together and he's one of them and and he's got an en- energy about him that That I just love, that I get so excited by when when he's performing. That I watch him and I'm I'm moved by him, I'm inspired by him, I relate to him and feel one of his best songs is is my favourite song in in the world, and, and there's sort of no one can tell me any different. And there'll be critics out there, music critics, singing teachers, all these people that will say, No, it's not because of X, Y, and Z, technique, technique, technique. But I will always say, for me personally, he is the best and that song is the best. So that's basically his art invoking feelings and emotions in me because in whatever way it connects to me and my life experience. And like I say, it's all subjective. There's no, It's not objective. There's no measuring stick for what is good or what is bad. Now, someone else, their favorite might be Uh, the DJ, Calvin Harris. Now, Calvin Harris, extremely talented, I believe. Um, I don't know much about sort of DJing or that style of music, but from what I hear, he's like extremely talented. He's one of the best sort of producers and DJs out there. Um, Wildly successful. Um, But for me personally, Like, I don't feel anything when when I listen to that music. Now that's, uh, I want to be clear, that that doesn't mean that I'm saying he's bad. Clearly he isn't. It's just that for me, it it doesn't do anything, it doesn't excite me, because the lyrics are so important to me, and to me um, his music is just sort of a group of notes bunched together by a computer and repeated on a loop. And with a bit, a few bits by computer added on top. Now I have a pretty good idea that it's not as simple as that. Like I get that there's a lot more technique, which is what we're talking about. There is a lot of technique that goes behind it, um, as as there would be in a piece of classical music, where there's loads of different um, orchestrations and, um, and instruments involved in creating that classical masterpiece. Um, but it might not necessarily do that much for me, that classical piece, even though I know inside that it's some sort of technical masterpiece so that's what I'm saying about Calvin Harris, but it may be that for someone they go out um, dancing every weekend to a bar and it's Calvin Harris that comes on in the bar or it's Calvin House that they choose as music to sort of get ready for going out and the beats set their heart racing a bit, a bit and it gets them excited. Or maybe they love partying in Ibiza. And when Calvin Harris comes on, their sort of being relates to a moment in Ibiza when they were just partying away and dancing away and it was the best holiday they ever had. And that song by Calvin Harris reminds them of of that time. So again, Calvin Harris in that moment is, is producing feeling in that person and producing emotion. They're remembering stuff. They're remembering how they felt. They're not remembering the beats that have been manufactured by Calvin Harris. They're remembering the feeling. And so again, that's what, to me, it all comes down to. Now, Calvin Harris has used a lot of technique to get there, to make that feeling, but that's not the bit that we remember. That's not the bit that we that we want. Um, that, that's not the bit that, that makes the feeling happen in you. Now, it's the same if you, if you think of uh, think of your favourite film, everyone has their fa- sort of favourite film or their fav- favourite actor, it's the same thing, unless you're sort of a professional critic or a professional in this industry that's trying to show off your sort of knowledge of, of the subject, um, then your favourite film is probably the one that creates some sort of feeling in you, like it makes you cry or it makes you laugh or it... Feels you full of joy. I have lots of different films for, for different reasons. None of the reasons are because of the exact sort of camera work or cinematography, um, you know, it's not because of that. That all helps. The technique is, is all helpful stuff that, that goes into creating the end result. But the end result is just something that creates feeling in you. So i I have different favorite films for different reasons. a couple of them um I love Goodwill Hunting and I love Strictly Ballroom. The reasons I love them is because I sort of relate to them in different ways, Strictly Ballroom for obvious reasons um, Goodwill hunting for different reasons There's something in it that I really relate to when I watch it, and it has a powerful sort of meaning for me um I love things like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, big sort of fantastical um uh universes that 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 are created um just because i love the the size and scale of it all and the fantasy and the and the story that's being told i i i love it because of that not because of the technique that's gone into it although you know the technique is, uh, has as helped it to become that but i also love films like You know, Love Actually is one of my favourite films. Anchorman is one of my favourite films. Cool Runnings is one of my favourite films. And that's purely because it just, like, Love Actually just makes me feel really warm. Um, It's just a lovely film to have on at 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 Christmas. Anchorman makes me laugh more than any other film. Um... And Cool Runnings, I just, again, it's, it's a funny film, but also one that has, has a really warm message to it. So, now things like Love Actually and Anchorman are not necessarily considered the greatest works of art, but are they any less valuable or are, are any less valid? Um, if, if, if they stir up so much emotion in people and, and, and people love it, does it make are they a worse film than something that's generally considered to be some sort of work of art because of the way it's put together technically. Um, and the thing is everyone like I've said before with the songs, everyone loves different kinds of films there'll be people that don't like any of those films that I've just listed but they will love some films that, are, that just don't do anything for me and, and that's the point, everyone loves different things when it comes to art because of you bring your own context to it. You bring your own life experience. It invokes different emotions within you. You feel differently. Whatever you are listening to or, or watching. So. The, the point is, is, of all this. Is that. When it comes to talking about your favourite stuff. Your favourite works of art. It always comes down to. How it has made you feel. It's not. That it, it doesn't come down to, I love this film because of the technique or, you know, the, the technique that's gone into that acting or singing. It's because of how you're made to feel. Now, I'm not saying that technique is irrelevant. Far from it. Because the, te- the technique is the work behind it that has gone into, um, you know, the, the learning process of those actors or singers um, to get to the end result, which is the bit that makes you feel. So I'm not saying that that someone who is just a complete beginner is can uh, as long as they do something and make you feel is the you know is is the best thing that's ever happened with with no sort of learning behind it. Um, you you always need to do the learning. You need to put the work in and and. Learn and learn and learn as much as you can about the creative process and and about technique because it's always going to be helpful for you to create the end result. But my point is in this podcast, the end result should never be a display of technique. You, You should never go out into any performance with the idea behind it to show off technique. The technique should always be a tool the techniques are the tools that are used to produce the end result. So, so you you learn and you learn and you learn the technique behind something. You go to your dance classes or you go to your singing lessons, you go to your acting lessons. You go, you learn how to. Even if you're not into performing arts, if you're just into, um, if you're just into sales or something, if that's if that's your job, you learn the art of selling as, as your technique. But the end result is the sale. The end result is not to show off to that person your technique about selling. So yeah, the technique is is the tool that you use to create the best performance that you can, but the point of that performance is to create feeling. It's not to show off technique because in my opinion just merely going out and doing a display of technique to me is pretentious. It's it's a bit look at me, look at look at the technique, look at the process behind um, me being a dancer or me being a singer. Look what I can technically do. And sometimes some of the most technically gifted or most technically perfect performances can just be a bit boring if they don't make you feel anything. So don't display the technique. Use it as a tool to create feeling. Now, when I speak to when I speak to actors and I'm constantly questioning actors about this, and I'd love to get more and more on the podcast, um, to ask about this stuff specifically. Um, when I ask about different techniques, cause there are lots of different techniques when it comes to acting, you know, um, there's things called the Meisner technique, um, is, is one, you know, you, the, the sort of Stanislavski method, you know, all these different methods of, of acting, um, And, you know, I ask my acting coach about it and I ask other actors and I say, so should I use this or or, or should I use that? You know, what technique should I be using here? And that's not really the point. Most of most actors that I speak to, and especially the good ones, they all say to me, you should learn as much as you can about these techniques because it's always going to be helpful. But in the end, you've just got to go out and do it. Just go out and act. Just play the part. Understand the character that you're playing. You know, do some research and, and build a character and just become that character. Go go and go and do it. Don't obsessively think about the technique behind that character. Just go and be the character. And so that's kind of the point of of what I'm talking about. Like you, you've you've got you cannot go out there with the the frame of mind of I am going to go out into this performance to display to the audience this technique because I think you'll lose a lot of the feeling and the point of of what you're doing. So if we were to talk about dance, um, because obviously dance is my main art form. It's It's the thing that I've been doing since I was a kid. And I have this discussion all the time and I've been having this discussion and arguments with other dancers um, into many a night um, about um, technique versus uh, versus emotion. Um, Because I'm very passionate about it, Um, because I think what's happened with my experience of dance, because we have dance competitions and we place a lot of importance on the competitive element of dancing. It's like what we've done is we've sort of tried to create a measuring stick for how good someone is at dancing. Now, when it comes to acting and singing, like we've just been talking about, that there, there isn't always much of a measuring stick. It just comes down to what you like. Uh, there, there are small measuring sticks. Obviously within singing, it's, you know, if, if you can't stay in tune, then obviously that's not, great singing. But, like I said, my favourite is Robbie Williams, and he's probably not as good a singer as a lot of other people's favourites. So, but to me, he is the absolute best. So if it, if a competition was created and we're creating all these measuring sticks, I don't know whether Robbie Williams would win. but But to me, he is absolutely the best. Now, in dancing, we're really serious about creating these measuring sticks to to so we can get to, say, who is a better dancer than somebody else, because it's... I'm brought up in dance competitions, and obviously on Strictly Come Dancing, it's in essence a competition. Um, and now, you know, so people start to say things like, I don't, I don't like this dancer because of their footwork, or She's better than him because of her lines. And, and we get into this sort of critical mindset rather than just appreciating it and enjoying it. We get into this critical mindset of, no, 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 that's not good enough. They're, they're, they're no good because they didn't point their toes or they stepped on a heel when they shouldn't have done uh, on this. And I feel like that's all to do with, with competition. We've sort of created this um, appetite for analysing dancers all the time um it becomes an analysis rather than just rather than just enjoying it and honestly for me none of that matters when when i'm watching someone dance on strictly or in the theater or you know just just my colleagues um none of that matters the only thing that i uh, i've ever really cared about is am i being entertained or not and you know did they make me feel something so therefore when I go out and create, when I uh, say I'm dancing on Strictly, um, I always try and create dances uh, with my celebrities, that, partners that I dance with, um, that in some way tell a bit of a narrative or in some way uh, are going out to create feeling. And, and I always say to them in, in rehearsal, I will take any technical mistakes that, that, that you have. Like, I will teach you how to do it sort of what's considered to be technically correct. But I would always rather you go out and perform this dance and entertain everybody and make people feel something and it have technical errors. I would always rather that than you go out and deliver a technically perfect performance but nobody feels anything. Like, I would always rather that. Um, because, you know, I, I've seen dances on Strictly sometimes that have got tens from the judges and the, and the judges have praised them for being technically perfect. You did this, you did that, you did that. And, you know, they sort of go home re- really happy. You know, the judges said this, da, da, da. but if I'm honest, there have also been some of the most forgettable dances on Strictly. Like they're not the ones that you would always necessarily go back and watch again on YouTube. Um Because nobody watches performance specifically to see technical perfection, and also, I don't believe that that really exists anyway, because the technique of of dance is just something that humans have made up. So that has come from opinion. You know it's come that this technique is better than that technique. You know, if you straighten your leg here, it's better than not straightening your leg because I think this, whereas, so for example, in Latin American dancing, we've, we've created these rules and techniques around where we have to walk on straight legs. We have to walk in a cha-cha-cha or in a rumba on straight legs. And that over here is, is widely accepted as the technique for cha-cha and for rumba. And if you don't straighten your legs in cha-cha and rumba, or if you step on heels, because you're not allowed to do that, then you're doing it wrong. You've got it completely wrong. Now, if you went over to Latin America, if you, went over, if you actually sort of went over to Cuba, where the rumba comes from, and started walking about with those straight legs and never on a heel, they'd laugh at you. They'd, they'd think you're doing it all wrong because that's... It's actually not the original, authentic Latin American dancing. It's just something that we've created as rules surrounding it. Um, so with that given, why would we create so much importance on having straight legs or not stepping on a heel in a rumba or a cha-cha-cha? Why is that so important to us? Now the reason is obviously in the context of doing a competition, like you know a ballroom dance competition or Strictly Come Dancing, we're doing it because those are the rules that have been, that have been created. But at the end of the day, all dance, like like, like any of the other singing or acting, is art. It's all art. It's all performance, which is why I'll always say, you know, because performance to me is about invoking feeling and emotion. You've got to inspire people. You've got to entertain people. Make them feel something. I'll always say to my celebrity partners on Strictly as long as you make people feel something, I will take technical errors. I'll be okay with it. What what we don't want is a technically perfect performance, but it's boring because you're concentrating so hard on the technique. And that's the point that I wanna keep coming back to. I'm not saying we don't need to learn technique. I'm saying technique should not be the point of what we're doing. It should not be the be all and end all. It should not be the display that we're trying to show everybody, right, everybody look at my technique. We should, because people will forget what you said, they'll forget what you did, they'll, they'll forget what they've seen. You know, the, the specific thing, they will, But going back to my Angelou's quote, they will only remember how you made them feel. In my opinion, the, the sort of, the world Latin American dance champions right now, and people will disagree with me because it's all subjective, but the people, the, the, the people that are the world champions right now, they've been winning for a number of years now. Um, very technically good. When when people talk about them, um, they they talk about sort of the girl in particular being having amazing legs and feet, and you know, really sort of technically great. I I honestly consider them to be quite boring. Um, I never watch them. I I never go to YouTube to watch them because I I I find what they do very mechanical and and I don't quite see the point other than to win trophies in a competition which is what they do and maybe that's what they're after. I'm not judging them. Um, But they've never made me excited, they've never made me cry, you know, with emotion. Um, So you know, th- this is where I start to get a bit controversial um, because people will argue with me on, on on things. I just, I don't see the point in that. I don't see the point in some sort of technically gifted performance that, that doesn't inspire anything in anyone. It's just there as a display for no reason. And that's always my point that I keep coming back to. Don't display the technique. Use the technique to create something that creates emotion. If you want my honest, honest opinion of what is the greatest dance in the history of Strictly Come Dancing, then I'll give it to you now. And this is gonna be controversial. The greatest dance in the history of Strictly Come Dancing was Anton Dubeck and Anne Woodicom performing a samba. That is the dance that I've watched more than any other dance on, on Strictly. Um, it's the one that I will always come back to. It is an absolute masterpiece. And it's a masterpiece from Anton. Because at that point, Anton has been... has been. If, if anyone hasn't seen this, go onto YouTube and type in Anne and Anton Beck at um, Blackpool doing the samba, she was in in yellow and he was in sort of gold trousers. (laughs) And the fact is Anton has worked for years as a dancer and he's learned and learned and learned about the techniques of ballroom and Latin dancing. And uh, Ann Ann Widdicombe, you know, was a complete beginner who could sort of barely move around the floor. But what he did in, in that moment of creating a samba, he did not go out to display his technique. He used his techniques of presentation and of comic timing and of narrative and storytelling like I've never seen in such a way that he made the number so great to watch and so heartwarming um, that it all came together and the way he presented Anne Widdicombe at the end of the dance, like he'd just been dancing at the Royal Ballet, not towards the camera, towards towards the judges because he understood the narrative of her relationship with the judges as well and the context of it all, that he pulled it off perfectly. And that's the number that people will always remember the most from Strictly. And um, of course, it's the judges' job to sort of critique technique, so they're going to give it a low mark. But the audience just loved it. And and that's the point, because it created so much amazing feeling within everything. And that's why Anton and Anne's number um, at Blackpool, for me, was the greatest number in the history of Strictly Come Dancing. And I think Strictly has gone from strength to strength because of that number. Um, uh, another one, you know, probably this, my second favourite would be Ed Balls and, and Katia Jones doing, um, doing the Gangnam Style number. Again, technically not... The most perfect number, but it 's a number that you'll always remember, and you 'll always go back and watch because of how it made you feel. I have the same relationship with um, when it comes to ballet i have the same a similar relationship with all of this because you know sort of ballet is often considered to be sort of the highest form of of dance that the, the sort of um it's sort of at the top of the tree of, of the dance world. It's sort of the, the royalty of, of the dance world. Ballet is the sort of highest art form when it, when it comes to dance. Now, for me, when I watch classical ballet, and this, again, this is subjective. It's, it's only opinions. Because of the context that I bring to it, because of my life experience, I wasn't brought up with ballet. I don't know the ins and outs of it. I don't understand all the sort of intricacies of ballet. Um what i see 90% of the time when i'm watching classical ballet is a display of expertise a display of technique and what happens is for t- for about 10 minutes i go wow look at that leg line wow look at how the um look at how he did that leap wow look at how she did those spins it's all sort of impressive like i can't do that and then after about 10 minutes i get a bit bored and when, when I look in the programme and see that it's a three, hour, three and a half hour ballet, I think, oh God, I'm going to have to sit through this whole thing. I'm not saying that I've always felt that, watching classical ballet. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I've been moved by it, but it takes someone very good to move me. Um, because at the end of the day, I'll forget uh, 24 hours later about the leg line or the spin or the leap. I'll have been impressed in as a quick fix in those 10 minutes, like wow I can't do that, like someone standing on their head or like someone throwing a dart at a dartboard and hitting a bullseye. Someone can hit a bullseye and I'll go wow I can't do that, and they'll do it 50 times and go wow that's really impressive I can't do that, but once they're on to about their 100th one and they've hit it, it doesn't matter how impressive it is, I'm sort of bored and I want to turn over the channel and watch something else, watch Family Guy because it'll make me laugh. Um, so that's, that's my point with it really, is, is that I, I, I stop feeling anything and I get more of a, a display of something, which I end up getting bored by. Now, when it came to Sir Matthew Bourne's work with the New Adventures Dance Company, um, when I was introduced to that, that was a whole different world because, and, and I saw that at a time when I was giving up dancing, like I, I, wanted to give up dancing, I was bored with the whole thing, I didn't see the point in it. Because of all this stuff I'm talking about, I felt like the whole point of my dancing was to display some techniques to win some trophies, and I just wasn't feeling anything, didn't feel like the audience were feeling anything, and I didn't want to do it anymore. I was bored. Then I watched Matthew Bourne's Edward Scissorhands, and I sat on my own in the theatre, and cried my eyes out, because of the way it made me feel, like I, I connected to the character, and the story. There was something going on. I forgot I was even watching dance. I was just totally transported by this world that was created. Now I'm sure that every single dancer in that company has gone through learning technique. They've gone through hours and hours and hours of technique classes. But what they didn't give me on that night when I watched Edward Scissorhands was a display of technique. They used what they'd learnt. They used all the tools and techniques that they'd learnt to produce a story and a feeling in me that made me cry when I watched it. And, that, and that's the difference, and that's why I'll always be a big fan of, of the New Adventures Dance Company, of, of Matthew Bourne's work, because that to me is the difference between watching some, something that makes you feel something And something that is a display of technique. People that are using the technique to create feeling against people that are displaying me technique to impress me. So you could say it's about expressing, not impressing, I guess. Um, So there's a famous story that I love, as as, as we're just coming to the the end of this, um, about... Uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's one of my favourite actors. And um, apparently when he was auditioning years ago, when he wasn't the Hugh Jackman that he is now, years ago to be in uh, the musical of Beauty and the Beast, um, they sort of wanted him, thought he was perfect to be Gaston, the character. And... um, He'd been having singing lessons and he was really interested in singing. He was sort of, you know, a, a bit of a musical performer, as, as we've all seen now. Um, and he went into his audition and apparently, so the story goes, what he was trying to do was display this technique that, that he'd learned. He was singing in a certain way because that's the technique that he'd, he'd learned how to sing to be what was considered to be a good singer. But to them, it just didn't sound right. It was like, oh, it's it's like he's he's a great actor. He looks great. He seems like he's a great fit for this part. But the singing just, it doesn't feel right. And he couldn't understand. And they kept having him back for more singing auditions and trying different songs. And he was having more singing lessons with his teachers. And they were going, no, you're doing it right. And, and he was using these singing techniques. And um, in the end, the person that was in the room, the, the sort of casting director, said to him, why don't you... Um, why don't you do an impression of an over-the-top sort of opera singer? And he said, what do you mean? He said, well, don't do not do it in the the sort of this technique that you've been doing so far. Don't use that technique. Just do an over-the-top impression of something else. Do it for comedy. And so he did that. Instead of, instead of displaying the technique, he used a bit of the same breathing patterns and whatever else he'd learned as a singer, but just performed it in a completely different way and wasn't concerned with displaying the technique. He just performed it in this sort of comic way. And apparently it was the best thing that they'd ever heard. And they were like, that's it, it's spot on. He said, and they said to him, I want you to forget everything that you've, that you've been working on in those singing lessons and just give us that. And he went, he got the part, he went on to be a massive success in the part. And um, obviously he's the Hugh Jackman that he is today now. But I think that really says something about sometimes not being so obsessed with, not being so obsessed with showing and displaying technical elements and just doing it. Just going out and performing with, with performance in mind, with character in mind, with narrative in mind, with a point to it. Like, make them feel something as I keep going back to. Um, Another one of my favorite stories or quotes is, is about Rudolf Nureyev. Now, Nureyev is regarded as one of the greatest dancers in history, he was, he was a ballet dancer. Um, so I read his biography a few years ago and I was really surprised when I read it to learn that most people considered Nureyev to be not the greatest technical dancer. And and that really, really intrigued me, because I thought, but he's a ballet dancer. Ballet's all about sort of this display of technique, isn't it? Like, that's that's what ballet is for. Um, And they all said the thing about Nureyev was he would sort of jump wrong, and he would land wrong, according to the technique. Um, His lines were were wrong according to what everyone was was taught but when he danced there was something about him that just you couldn't take your eyes off him he was exciting to watch well, and that is so interesting to me to 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 learn that he then went on to become one of to be considered one of the greatest dancers in history because you know and when when you read quotes and and, and read about him people would just say they couldn't even put their finger on what it was that was so great about him, they just loved watching him because they felt something when they watched him. There were plenty of other dancers whose whose technique was in a better place. They would land better than him when he jumped but but Rudolf Noriev for for some reason became the one that captured everyone's imagination, so you don't always have to be the best technical dancer, the best technical performer to to inspire feeling in people. Now, there's, there's, a, there's a great quote that I've posted on my Instagram before um, by Rudolf Nureyev, um, said to him by his teacher, Pushkin. And what, what, what he taught Nureyev was this, he said, the magic of a dance, young man, is purely accidental. The irony of this is that you have to work harder than anyone else for the accident to occur. Then when it happens, it's the only thing in your life guaranteed never to happen again. This to some isn't an an unhappy state of affairs, and yet to others, it's the only ecstasy. Perhaps then you should forget everything I've said to you and remember only this. The real beauty in life is that beauty can sometimes occur. That's that's just, what a wonderful quote. Um, For me, when I break that down... Is, is everything that I'm sort of trying to talk about. It's the magic of a dance, young man, is purely accidental. The magic of a dance is accidental. So therefore it can't be the, the planning and the technique itself because if you're just doing perfect technique then it would be magic every time if, if that's what it, what it was all about says the irony of this is that you have to work harder than anyone else for the accident to occur so what he's saying is you have to you have to put in all of the work into the technique you have to put you have to put in you have to learn it all so that it's all something that's in there to come out at a certain time and to be used to create something to create some magic at a certain time um then when it happens it's the only thing in your life guaranteed never to happen again because you can't just recreate it. It's not not something manufactured. Magic in dance or any art form is not something I believe can be manufactured that can be planned. You can't do something by numbers. It's something that just happens once you've put so much work into all the learning and all the technique and then there'll be a moment where the context of everything you're doing all comes together when you're on stage or whether you're performing in, in, in a film, like whatever it is that you're doing, when you're singing, when everything comes sort of comes together and creates this accident, you can't do it with zero technique, but the point of it is not a display of technique because that wouldn't be magic because then you could just do it every time. Um, at the end, perhaps then you should forget everything I've said to you and remember only this, the real beauty in life is that beauty can sometimes occur. And that's what happens with the, the, the most magical moments of any performer or performance is that sometimes it can happen when it all comes together completely by accident. So Noriev's teacher is, is saying to him, put all the work in, learn it and learn it and learn it. But then when you go out and perform, forget all of it and just go and perform. Just go and do it. Don't don't go and show everybody what you've learnt because you won't get that magic. Just forget everything, and, and dance with feeling, or sing with feeling, perform with feeling. And just an, another quote from Martha Graham. Um, Martha Graham is is widely considered to be one of the greatest dancers and teachers in contemporary dance, very serious sort of side of the dance world. um, Serious contemporary dance. And even she said, great dancers are not great because of their technique, they are great because of their passion. So again, that's the crux of what we're talking about. You need technique to learn what you're doing. You need the, 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 the study behind it to learn your craft. But the performance is not about the technique. The performance is is about passion, which is basically intense feeling. So, the point of all this, uh, uh, one I just love talking about it, um, and that, that's how I approach performance, and that's how I feel about it. When when I want to watch stuff, um, I just want to be entertained. It so and it doesn't necessarily matter if technically they're the best or not I just want to be entertained and also when I'm performing I just want to entertain I I, it doesn't matter to me whether I'm technically perfect all the time as long as I'm making some people feel something in that moment and I always keep learning the technique so that I've always got the best chance of the magic happening but when I go out and perform the technique is not the thing that I'm trying to display because it's not the important bit. Um and the point is of, of me saying it to anyone who's listening or who's interested in in performance is that basically we've all got great art inside of us. We've all, we've all got we can all we're all performers. We've all got great art inside of us if we're passionate about something. And like I said it doesn't have to be even necessarily performing arts. It could be in in any job, you know, I think sometimes we put these limiting beliefs on ourselves of like, I can't do this because I haven't trained in it like that, like that person. Um, but that's not always necessarily the case. You know, we, we can, if we're really passionate about something, then, we're in, then there's feelings being invoked inside of us. Then we can go out and, and do something, perform something or achieve something, whatever that is. Um, we've all got that inside of us. We don't have to conform to someone else's idea of what we should be doing according to a certain technique or process. Like, I can't, I can't do that because I haven't studied in this. You absolutely can do that. I can't write a book because I haven't got a degree in writing books, you know, in, in, in writing. Yeah, you can write a book. You, you, you can. If you've got that passion inside of you, you can just go ahead and do it. And by all means, learn and learn and learn about it. But you can just go out and do it. Um, So at the end of it all, technique will always help you get there. Like it's a tool to be used, but it's not the result that we should be displaying. Or it's not the be all and end all. Just, Just go out and do stuff. Just go out and entertain and make people feel something. So... I'm going, I'm going to leave that on a saying that I, always, uh, that I always say, which is art, any great art, is not about doing nothing wrong. It's about doing something magical. All right, thanks for listening to the podcast, and see you all next week.